Okay, welcome to episode nine of season one. And in this episode, I will be interviewing the founder and CEO of FreeUp, Nathan Hirsch. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. One of the things that I struggle with as a solopreneur still to this day is how do I scale my business? And since I am the like core creative and designer of everything, uh, one of the things I struggle with is actually finding the right people to bring on to help me with workload. And it's really prevented me from becoming super big. And a part of me likes that and part of me doesn't. Because obviously, you know, you're in business because you want to grow your revenue, you want to increase your your business. Otherwise, it's kind of a side hustle or a hobby. And this, fortunately, this business has supported me for the last 13 years. And I hope it continues to support me and uh, the lifestyle that I enjoy uh, for the next uh, 20. I mean, i plan on working for a long time because I absolutely love what I do. And one of the things that I've dabbled with in the early days was finding people to help me. And a lot of times I reached out to uh, virtual assistant companies as they were coming online, maybe, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, and finding out that it was really difficult to find people that actually really cared about the work that they did. Now, I am making a generalization, so just keep that in the back of your mind as you're listening. But it's one of those things that when you are living in a gig economy, and what I mean by gig economy, it's like there are so many people out there that literally travel the world with a laptop and they do all sorts of digital work to support themselves and their lifestyle. And in fact, I actually have uh, one on my team that is currently in the Philippines right now and traveling. And uh, it's just kind of amazing because she does great work and it's a great relationship, but she is living in, she's the epitome of the uh, unconventional work life. And I think that's actually kind of cool. Now, me being a baby boomer, I look at that as like foreign <laughs> because that's just not the training and the environment I grew up in. But I'm learning to embrace it. And one of the things that I found as I was trying to bring on a digital workforce was there are certain things I liked about that and certain things I didn't. And I, I'm not going to go into all kinds of detail Um about my experience. It'll pop up from time to time uh, throughout this podcast and throughout my content. However, I did come across um, last year a wonderful gentleman, and his name is Nathan Hirsch, and he founded this basically this virtual assistant. I don't even want to call it that because it's really not that. It's so much more. But he has a company called FreeUp, and that's spelled F-R-E-E-E. UP. So just, it's like free up, but with an extra E in it. And it's just such a great name because it really 
pinpoints what solopreneurs struggle with. We want to get freed up to focus on the work we love doing the most and where we have the most impact. When I started working with Nathan and using his product, I realized that this is the way to go because what Nathan does, and he'll talk about it on this interview, is he spends a lot of time vetting and qualifying uh, his freelancers. And he's just recently expanded into having agencies as well. And I'm actually looking forward to using more of the people that he has brought into the foray. And it's just, he makes it so convenient to get an expert or get a, you know, any type of caliber of person in business capacity in a lot of the general areas from advertising and actual producing content uh, to just administrative stuff. And it's one of the things that I think is really important as a solopreneur that you can't do everything. Yes, you want to bootstrap in the beginning. You want to try to carry the load. But if you are going to have any type of growth, if you're going to have any type of success, you need to figure out sales and you need to figure out staffing. And that's what Nathan actually, I'm stealing that from him. And so with I just really believe that Nathan's on to something great and I love working with him and I am a customer and I hope you enjoy this interview with Nathan Hirsch of Free Up. Hey Nathan, how are you today? I'm so glad that you decided to join us on the Simplify and Multiply show. Terry, I am excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. All right, you got it. So I wanted to start off everybody by you just kind of telling us how, I mean, this is your baby. You started this up. This was your idea. You were seeing some things in the marketplace going on and you wanted to address it. And I will definitely be able to speak to that as well because I am one of your customers. So why don't you just tell us, you know, exactly how all that unfolded? Yeah. So I, I was a longtime Amazon seller. I mean, if you want to go way back, my, my parents were both teachers and I kind of had that mentality that I was going to get a real job after college and work for 30 years, retire. And when, when I had some experience working 40 hours a week, I, I really realized that that was not for me. And, and I was going to be miserable if, if that was going to be my life. So when I got to college and I went to Quinnipiac University in Connecticut, I started hustling. I, I, I kind of looked at it as a ticking clock. I had four years to start a business. And if I didn't, I was going to the real world. And I started buying and selling textbooks. And that eventually led me to Amazon. I got in at a really good time back in 2008, before the courses, before the gurus. And it was, I, no one really knew what it was or what it was going to become. And I started throwing things against the wall. I, I tried outdoor equipment. I tried uh, video games, computer games, stuff that a college guy uses. And I just failed at first over and over and over. And it wasn't until I branched out of my comfort zone and found the baby product industry, if you can imagine that, that, that my business really took off. So there I was as a 20 year old entrepreneur selling baby products on Amazon as a single college guy. And I, it was exciting. It was fun. It was, people thought I was weird. And I, I learned a ton of lessons along the way. And, and I remember I had to start paying taxes for the first time because I was selling millions of dollars. And I, I met with an accountant and the first thing he asked me was, when are you going to hire your first person? And I kind of shrugged him off. Like, well, why would I do that? That's money out of my pocket. That's they're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. They're not going to do a good job. Pretty standard entrepreneur excuses. And I just, I, 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 he just laughed in my face and said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. So sure enough, my, my first busy season comes around. I don't know what busy season is and I just get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life goes down, my grades plummet. 
somehow survived to January because I'm a workaholic and I wasn't going to let my, my baby die right then and there. And I say, oh my God, I, I can never let that happen again. We got to start hiring people. So what do I know about hiring? I, I post a job on Facebook. A guy messages me from one of my classes, says, hey, I don't know what you do. I want a job. I hire him on the spot. And he ends up being incredible. He, he's working hard. He's learning my business. And he makes my job way easier. He's actually my business partner today, Connor Gilliman. So there I am as a 21-year-old entrepreneur thinking, boy, hiring is easy. You post a job, someone <laughs> shows up, and you you make more money. You become less stressed. And and I proceed to just make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire, quickly uh -huh. learning that college kids, not very reliable. And, and no 30-year-old <laughs> wanted to work for me, right? So I, I got thrown into the remote hiring space, the Upworks, the Fivers, and I got pretty good at it, but I always just wanted a, something faster. And I, I kept looking and looking for a better way to, because time is the asset, right? And you're spending all that time doing interviews. And, and finally, I just said, you know what? I'm going to build this myself. So I created my own platform, FreeUp, it kind of as a side project. And whenever you start a business, you don't know what the people's reaction is going to be like. And People seem to love the idea. They like the idea of the fast talent and our customer support, which has always been a priority. And, and the business took off from there. And once that surpassed my Amazon business, that became my full-time focus. So that's kind of the, the short, somewhat long version of, of how I got to where I am today. <laughs> that's that's actually a great story. And I love how honest you are about <laughs> failure after failure and, and then the, the baby products. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what a great journey. And, and so many of my clients and people I encounter who have their own business, that's how they started. They started by cutting their teeth on something that required a lot of elbow grease and just really trial by error. And it's a great way to learn, but it's very time, <coughs> excuse me, it's very time consuming. Right. And that might be one of my weaknesses. I, for me, part of being an entrepreneur is, is figuring it out and trying new things and seeing what works. I, I tend to stay away from the gurus and the courses and the, the business coaches. I, I have a lot of clients who are way more successful than me that, that do it that way. But for, for me, there, there's kind of that excitement for figuring it out. And I mean, I got into Amazon before people were doing Amazon. And now that everyone's doing Amazon and selling courses and and becoming a business coach, I'm over here running a freelancer marketplace. So I tend to, to stay away from the norm. And one of the things that I really appreciated and appreciate about what you're doing in your business is, and this is what I believe is a big distinguisher for FreeUp, is that you're vetting your freelancers as opposed to just being an aggregator or a conduit for the hirer and the hiree. Uh, without any type of screening other than maybe a criminal background check, <laughs> you know, and, and, but you're checking on skill sets. So talk to me a little bit about why that was important and how you do that. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we're a platform for service providers, right? And we want to make sure that the service providers on our platform, not only do great work, but also give the rest of it experience, the attitude and the communication skills. So when we vet, we're focused on the, the perfect triangle, skill, attitude, communication. For skill, we don't need everyone to be a 10 out of 10. You can be a 5 out of 10, a 3 out of 10, as long as you're honest about what you can and cannot do and you're priced accordingly. So we have different skill tests. We, If they're a graphic designer, we look at their portfolio. If they're an Amazon expert, we have Amazon questions. And, and that part is different depending on what you're saying your skills are. Attitude in the communication, which we learned a long time ago, is very important to having a good working relationship with someone 
it, it is the same for everyone. For attitude, we do one-on-one interviews. We look for people who are passionate about what they do, people who aren't just in it for the payments, it, people who don't get aggressive that the second something doesn't go their way, that can resolve issues when they come up in a reasonably business-like manner. And for communication, we have 15 pages of communication best practices that they have to memorize and get tested on. And I wrote those. Those are all based on my own bad communication experiences from the past <laughs> eight years. So once they're on it, it kind of self-regulates itself because people don't want to go through that process just to get kicked off our platform. And once they're on it, they, they're pretty, they, they want to take on projects they can do. We're not a place to experiment with our clients. They want to have a great attitude. They want to communicate. And we're very quick to remove people that show us that they can't maintain those high standards that we've set. So that's really our vetting process. That's awesome. Now, is part of that, do you follow back with people like me, your clients who are hiring your talent uh, to understand their experience working with them? Because I remember when I started working with uh, one of your writers at, at the beginning, I remember getting a, a request for a review. Uh, what do you do over time? Yeah, so that's it's one of the things I've struggled with. So we have a competitor who who kind of went the opposite way, and and they put reviews on their platform, and they say that they're vetting people and and whatever. But for us, we want to be a marketplace of five star reviews. So if if we're only letting people on that have five stars, and we're kicking people off pretty quick if they get bad feedback, having a marketplace where everyone has a five star review to me that doesn't add that much value. Now. It could be either way. It's something I've gone back and forth with. It's one of those things that once I implement the review system, I can't take it back down. So I've been hesitant to, to go all in there. But for us, I mean, we ask clients for feedback. We build great relationships. I have an assistant who every day sends out a mail merge saying, hey, you hired this person for a project. How did it go? And we, again, we're quick to remove people that have that give our clients a bad experience. So we, we have our own internal measures that we're using to review the freelancers. We don't have it client facing, but we want people to know that we take that seriously. And if we introduce you to someone it's because we vetted them and we know that they're having a great experience with clients now. So in my experience working with virtual assistants, because I've been in business 13 years now and primarily do the bulk of the work myself from strategy to design and copy and, and so on. However, there are, um, I have several people that I bring in on a subcontractor basis to help me with uh, if I get too busy. So like I have creative people, I have copywriters, one of them is yours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, these people I really rely on to help uh, maintain the, the level of output that I can actually produce. And so I stay sane and can actually have a day off to go play golf every now and again. <laughs> and one of the things that I, as a business owner and as a very, I guess, perfectionist, control freak, a lot of the things that entrepreneurs have, is one of the things that I struggle with is hiring people and getting them up to speed to my level of expectation and quality, turn, professionalism, all of the things that you were just talking about. And I've been probably more reluctant than I should have been in bringing someone on and growing my business for those reasons. So for someone like me and many other solopreneurs who are out there at that point where they've got a lot of work and they really need to start getting help, whether it's somebody temporary or whether it's a full-time traditional hire, 
What do you suggest as far as helping them bridge that gap of understanding that this is what they need in order to grow their business? Yeah, it's a great question. And I kind of break it down into my five-step hiring process. And and the first two steps is where a lot of people can't get off the ground. And that's creating two lists. The first list is everything you do on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis. And that's stuff that you're going to hire for to get hours in your day back. And the second list is all the things you're not good at. What is outside your core competency and how do you turn those weaknesses into strengths? And once you have those two lists and you sit down and you look at the numbers and you say, I want to be super aggressive or I want to be conservative. Maybe if you're aggressive, you're reinvesting 40 to 60% of your profits back into your business to grow. And if you're more conservative, maybe you're in that 10 to 30%, but figure out what that number is. Now you have the number, you have those lists. And then step two is figure out what does your perfect person look like? Is it an internal person in the office? Is it a virtual assistant in the Philippines? What kind of skill, what kind of attitude do they have to have? What kind of tasks do they have to have experience with? You have to really be able to imagine what your perfect person looks like. And I feel like a lot of people, they go into it thinking, I need help. And I'm just going to go go through people until, the, until I find someone that I like. Mm-hmm. When really it should be, I know what I'm looking for. And I'm going to get wait until I find that person so I can plug them in in that spot. And what are the, is that all five or is that just the first no, three? No, that's just the first two. So one, <laughs> oh, one I, I combine the, the budget and the, the list into one step. And then step two is identify what your perfect person looks like. Step three is the interview. And, and if you're not using free up the, the skill, attitude, and communication, finding someone for that, if you are using free up, focus on, is this person the right fit for me? Because even the best freelancers in the world are not the best fit for every single client out there. Step yeah, four, that's true. yeah, and step four is setting expectations right from the beginning. What's good? What's bad? What's right? What's wrong? Again, different clients have different expectations, and you got to get on the same page. And step five, my personal favorite, is the the feedback loop, where you give them a little bit of work, you give them feedback, you give them more work, you give them feedback, and once you build the relationship, shoot the feedback the other way. You want their ideas. You want to know how you can improve as a business owner. They, they're going to be doing different things in your business that you might not be aware of, and some of the best ideas, the best feedback that have made me hundreds of thousands of dollars have come from other people because I've created that loop where neither of us take it personally. We're both on the same side and, and we're working together. That's great. I, I love step five. And you know, it's funny because, and this is what I love about the the person that you connected me with uh, as my first uh, person that I've worked with with you, and that's uh, my writer, Sarah. And what I loved about Sarah is there was a degree of, you know, I had to give her feedback on some of her writing so she could match uh, what had been done up to that point, because I was basically doing a transition from my writing to her writing. And I didn't want the client's customers to have an abrupt experience, a speed bump or something where they're like, wow, this is like totally different, you know, because writing is very subjective, right? So she took the the uh, suggestions and the resources to heart and she did a much better job on her next pass. And what's great about it is she's taking a, an interest in what I'm doing and she's offering suggestions. So that exactly what you're talking about in that feedback loop is actually happening. And what's great about it from a client perspective, I'll just speak for my case uh, right here, is it's helping me trust her more. It's it's showing me that if, sh- if she's taking an interest in not just like 
the job or the gig, but she's taking an interest in me and my business, that means a lot to me. And I think that there's so much that goes into working relationships that's about trust building, that's about mutual respect, that's about uh, helping that person vision and take that step into what they're wanting to accomplish. Because, you know, when you, as you know, I mean, this is why one of the reasons why you started this company, it's tough going through person after person after person. And for a long time, that's really what I was doing because I had such a hard time finding somebody. So that was really, uh, I like that that's step number five. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, that's what worked for me. And feel free to take that five-step process and and make it your own. And I always say that there's there's two parts of your business you got to figure out. You got to figure out the sales and you got to figure out the hiring. And you got to keep working on your sales process until you get it down. And there's a lot of tweaks and listening to feedback and, and figuring it out until you get to a good point. And same thing with hiring. It took me five years to figure out my hiring process. I wish that there was a, a free up back then that could help me make it faster. But keep working on your hiring process. When someone gets through and, and they're really good, go back and say, hey, what did this person say? How can I get more people like that? And if they get through and they're not the right fit, how do we improve our process so that same type of person doesn't get through it again? Yeah, definitely. And I've also heard that uh, it's important for the business owner to document processes, especially if they have an area that they require more than one person doing a similar task. So if they have, if they need three people doing Facebook advertising, for example. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes into the, the three different types of people you can hire, basic, mid, and expert. So basic, non-US, five to 10 bucks an hour outside the US, and they're followers. They follow your system, your process, SOPs are perfect, having onboarding docs, all of that. You got the mid-level people, the specialists, the graphic designers, the bookkeepers, the writers. You're not teaching a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer, but they can. you can tweak what they do to fit your needs and they're not consulting with you either. They're doers. And then you got the experts, the uh, 20 and up, high-level freelancers, consultants, agencies. They can bring their own strategy, their own experience to the table and, and ex help you execute high-level game plans, project manage, handle big budgets, all that stuff. So part of it is figuring out what level person do you need. And if you take an expert and you're trying to teach them your way, well, that's not why you're paying for an expert. You want their own strategy. And, and same thing if you get that basic level person and, and you're trying to get their strategy from them, not always, but usually you're not going to have a, a good experience. So you really got to figure out what type of person you need it and what type of person you're going to hire. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. One of the things I hear from solopreneurs is that they sometimes feel a bit disconnected by the sheer nature of their work. What they long for is peer-to-peer -peer camaraderie, support, and the sharing of ideas with other solopreneurs. I know it can be a bit lonely when you're working from your home office or traveling by yourself serving your clients. When I created Simplify and Multiply, I wanted to change that. I wanted to create a place where solos could gather, share ideas, as well as challenges with others who understand what it's like to be a solopreneur. Well, that's what you'll find at the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. Although it's free to be part of the Peer Club, you do need to be a solopreneur to join. Head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and learn more about this community and how it will benefit your soul as well as your business. Again, that's simplifyandmultiply.com to learn more. Well, that leads me to a good question that I wanted to ask you. And when a new client comes on and they really don't know, they know their business, but they really don't know where 
the where they need to put somebody, you know, like what I know you said about identifying your strengths and weaknesses, but like in my business, for example, I mean, I can pretty much do everything, right. <laughs> not to sound arrogant, but it's the point like, well, what do I give up? You know, it's like, what is something that is replicatable, uh, like writing or design or even building a website? And what is something that like a special methodology or a strategy that I do that only I could do uh, the way I do it? So, um, do you offer any kind of like coaching to a client that's coming on? Do you have any way to like maybe get them on a consult where you can kind of walk them through? Do you do anything like that as part of it? Or do you kind of just let them go through the interface and figure it out on their own? <laughs> uh, so yes and no. I mean, my calendar is right on the website. People can book a call with me. I'm more than happy to give my opinion, to give um, certain types of advice, obviously walking through the platform, answer any questions they have. And and my, my team of virtual assistants is highly trained and they can answer 95% of the questions and give advice too. Um, I, I don't take the stance of, you need to hire this person right now. That's that's not really how I do business. And and me talking to you <laughs> on the phone for for 20 minutes, it doesn't necessarily tell me enough about your business to start making mm -hmm. business decisions for you. So I'm more there to provide you what's worked for me, what's working for other clients, to give you different options, to answer any questions. But at the end of the day, it's up to you how you what you want to do for your business. And there is no one size fits all. Just because True. five other clients are doing one thing doesn't mean you can't have success doing another. So um, th that's kind of the stance I take. And I mean, part of it is somewhat easy. If someone comes and they're, they're stuck in the day-to-day -day operations, they need that basic level. If they have all these projects they need to do, they, they do the mid-level. And if they are like, hey, I want to start doing Facebook ads and I don't know how to do Facebook ads, they probably want to hire a Facebook ad expert. So I'll guide them in that and and, and help them with mistakes and whatnot. But I, I wouldn't call it coaching. I'm definitely not a business coach. I'm not qualified to be giving business advice on that level. I'm there to, to share my experiences and to give people options. Yeah, that's great. So um, this is kind of like, I feel like I'm being a little selfish on this show because I'm asking a lot of my own questions, but I know I have listeners that are going through the same uh, struggles. And so speaking of which, what are some of the really, and I know you've written some blog posts and I, I want to uh, recommend to my listener, uh, check out Nathan's posts on LinkedIn, look at the blog posts on freeup.com and educate yourself on what's involved in actually bringing on a virtual person, someone to expand your digital workforce, because he has some great content. But while we have him live on the <laughs> show, <laughs> I want to ask you, what are some of the common mistakes that uh, new uh, business owners new to the digital workforce uh, make that you'd like to just give them advice on? Yeah. So part of the mistakes is those five steps, not setting expectations, not having a, the feedback loop, stuff like that, not knowing what you want. Outside of that, I mean, one of the biggest ones that I see is not diversifying. So a lot of entrepreneurs, they fall into this trap that hiring's hard. So they make a few bad hires and then they finally find someone they like. So what do they do? They load that person up with everything. And short term, it might be great. You might sleep better at night. Long term, it makes your business incredibly risky. And I had a situation, if you've listened to any of my other podcasts where I trained someone for six months with my Amazon business, had him quit on me the first day I went on vacation. And six months down the drain, never getting that back. And it taught me a very valuable lesson about departmentalizing. Hire one person to do your emails, one person to list products, one person to do X, Y, Z. And 
break it down and you can be reasonable. You don't have to hire four people to answer 10 emails a day. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but make sure that your business is protected and that your business isn't thrown all into one person where if they quit, if they get sick, if something happens outside of your control, that your business is going to suffer. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, I, I I talk about this a lot about, you know, making sure you've got backups, <laughs> backups of your data, backups of, you know, all things. So if the worst happens and something does happen to your workforce, uh, even if it's just one one person, that you have some redundancy, even in staffing, where someone can jump in and cover. And if especially if you have a business that requires a lot of customer care 24 seven or something like that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, a lot of people, they don't build that Rolodex of graphic designers they can go to, writers they can go to. So if an extra client project comes up, they're left scrambling. And so what we've seen with a lot of agencies and we encourage them to do it is start building that up, get people that you can go to. I mean, I have video editors, I have graphic designers that I don't use every month and, and I'll go to them and I'm not like, Hey, do this project right now. But I'm like, Hey, I have this. Can you, can you do it? When can you have it do by? And, and I might go with whoever can get it done first or, or whatever it is. So if you can, you kind of have all this flexibility now with the gig economy that you got to take advantage of it. You got to put yourself in position to succeed and be very proactive. Yeah. And I, when I look at my business and, and, other people can think about their business this way too. It's it's one thing to have a, a certain way, <coughs> excuse me, you know, a certain way to do things. Hold on a second. Let me grab, <laughs> grab some water. But if you make it so custom that you can't, you're like locking yourself into anti-scalability right? because you need to create systems process. I mean, we all get beat over the head about that and anything we're learning regarding business. And I find that especially in my work, because it's very customized and it's very creative. So it's subjective. And every customer does have, you know, in my opinion, I'm not a boilerplate kind of person. So that's one of the reasons why it's been hard for me to expand and build talent. But that's also something that I actually am getting better at. And using a, a, a resource like yours is really helping me do that because of the quality of the people that you have available and the way that you're helping me do that. So I can expand uh, the people that I have on my team now to, to really be that diversification like you were talking about. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, listen, it's been a great conversation. I'd love to talk more and pick your brain more, but um, I do want you to share how people can learn more about FreeUp, uh, learn more about you, and get their questions asked about whether or not uh, they're ready to expand into a virtual uh, digital workforce and uh, the benefits of that and how that can actually help them level up their business. Yeah. So if you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar is right at the top. You can book a free meeting with me. If you just want information, join the, outs the Outsourcing Masters Facebook group. We post a lot of great content there. You can also follow us on social media, check out the FreeUp blog, the FreeUp YouTube channel. If you are ready to hire, go to freeup.com, create a free account. You can keep us in your back pocket. Mention this podcast, get a $25 credit and me and my team are really here to serve you. We want to make sure you have a great experience. We want to help you grow your business and, and provide you the, the freelancers you need.
Well, that's great. And you're helping me grow my business. And I greatly appreciate your time today. And just for the listener, I want you to know that I'm going to have those links on the show notes page and you can grab those on simplifyandmultiply.com. Nathan, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to more chats with you and thank you so much for helping me grow my business. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.